My name's John Redmond, and I'm the associate pastor at First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And today on Peace by Believing, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. I have my father, Charles Redmond, who is the senior pastor of our church, in the studio with me today. And since we are still in the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey and all the flooding that has gone along with that, we thought it would be a good idea today for both of us to just... Uh, sit here in the studio and to talk to you out of our hearts about what is going on in the Houston area, how you can pray for us and how you might could help those who have been impacted by these floods wherever you may be living. And hopefully today we will say something that will be an encouragement to you no matter what you might be facing in your life. For you, it's more than likely not a hurricane or a tropical storm or even a lot of rain, but it may be something going on in your life. And so today what we want to do is to look into God's Word together, to look at some of the most familiar verses in all the Bible, and to say, God, what would you have us to learn from this? How are you speaking to us through what we've been through? And so, Dad, you've been in the ministry for almost 50 years now. Have you ever seen anything like this in all these years of ministry? Well, John, I have been in the ministry 50 years, not almost 50 years. No, I have never seen anything like this because there's never been anything like this. I said to the people last Sunday that this is the worst flood since the flood that Noah experienced. In fact, it is the worst flood in the history of the United States, in the continental United States. But I've never seen anything like it. I've never even imagined anything like it. And uh, I'm just thankful that in a lot of different ways, we are having an opportunity to help people, to encourage people, but yet knowing that the true encouragement, the true help comes from God and especially from God's Word. Well, that's right. And I think God's Word is where Christians naturally turn at a time like this and just to say, God, what are you saying uh, to me through this situation. I know, Dad, yesterday I went and visited some folks in the community, and they had received five feet of water in their home. And as they were telling me the story of what had happened and how those floodwaters rose, and, and they thought that, that the water was going to go all the way to the ceiling of their house, that they would drown if they didn't get out. And f they left their house, and for a mile and a half, they walked in chest-high waters until they could get somewhere where they could be rescued. And so as we, that's an extreme story, but there are other stories down here that are similar to that. What, could, what would you say to us today as we think about this? Uh, I mean, certainly this is a challenge, an unexpected challenge for so many people. What is something God would say to us at a time like this? Well, John— and those today that are worshiping with us by radio, life has many unexpected challenges. I think in our own family's life and the lives of so many others that we've pastored and do pastor, there are just many things that come along in life that you never would have imagined. And one of the interesting things to me is how the Word of God, the Bible, there's some way that you read all these verses and then something happens, and some verses seem to just jump up in your mind. And one of those, for me, is a great verse in the book of Isaiah. 
In fact, if you're where you have a Bible, you might get your Bible. If not, maybe if you just jot the verse down and read it later. But in Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 2, the Bible says, When you pass through the waters, God promises, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. I thought, John, of that verse when we began to see how bad this flood was going to be. And what that verse says is when you pass through the waters, not if you pass through the waters. And whether it be waters from Hurricane Harvey or whatever you may pass through in life, one of the most encouraging things is to always know that you have God's promise that he will always be with you. You know, that is so very comforting. And I know that last week when I was home, we were all kind of stuck in our homes for a few days. And it seemed like every devotional I read or every Bible reading I did on a particular day, there was something about God's presence. And there's something about God's presence that gives us peace to know that God is with us and that he will never leave us. And so today, I I would just say to those listening to this program, whatever you may be facing, and no matter how high those waters seem to be rising, that you are not alone and that God is with you. And that in that verse, God said, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Uh, Whatever you're facing today is only temporary. You're coming through it. God is a God who leads us through the difficulties and the trials of life. And so I, I would encourage you to keep trusting God, keep looking to God. Yes, life is full of unexpected challenges. We wish that verse would have said, if you pass through the waters, <laughs> then we might would pray, yeah. God help me not to be the one to pass through it. But no, when you pass through it, all of us, we live in a fallen world and we're going to have challenges and difficulties. And Dad, the thing about some of these challenges we face in life, and I'd be interested to hear your thought uh, in your answer to this question, they're just mysterious. In other words, it doesn't make sense how some people, like even in this flood, the other night as we were out going to visit some folks, we were walking down a particular street Several houses on that street dry as a bone. No water got in the house. Then we go a little farther, and it seems like now all these houses are getting water. And so many things in life are mysteries like that, how some people have problems and other people uh, seem to be exempted from that particular problem. How would you explain? What does God say to us about that? Well, God has something very clear to say about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You know, we know that is the love chapter. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Bible says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. In other words, one day, the Bible is saying, we will see Jesus face to face, and that's going to be a glorious day. But that verse goes on to say something just a, a very helpful here. It says, Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I'm also known. So in, in life... We, we do not see the whole picture. We simply know in part. And there are many things that we do not understand, and you're right, you are. That's always been a mystery to me why one good family, uh, they will have so many things happen that are difficult, and another equally good family, it seems like they just go through life and they never experience any of that. But God gives us something to help us. He doesn't give us all the answers, but he does give us something to help us, and that is our faith and trust in him and in his word. You know, John, many times I've used that illustration that especially like on New Year's Day when we see all the parades, 
when you watch a parade, you're standing on the curb, maybe standing on the sidewalk, and here comes a parade, and you see the parade each little section as it passes by. But when God watches a parade, if I can say it that way, God watches the parade from the 10th floor. He sees the beginning of the parade, the middle of the parade, the end of the parade. We don't do that. And so, John, you and I don't have all the answers. And I can't say to people, now, this is why this happened. Well, I may not know why this happened. I think in our own family, John, uh, I think in your case, what was it, a couple of years ago, uh, you, you had your 20th anniversary here at the church. It was one of the great nights in the life of you and the life of our family, the life of the church. And the very next day, we began to learn that you have a tumor on your kidney, and then we learn about a day or two later that it was malignant, it was cancer, and you had to have that removed, and thankfully, you're now cancer-free. But how long ago was it that you had the throat problem? Two two years? You know, I did, and uh, I would say back in about 2011, I developed a polyp on my vocal cords, and for three months, I was unable to preach. And you know, for a preacher, that's kind of a bummer when a preacher can't preach, when he can't talk, and so... You know, we've all been through things, and those listening today, you've been through things in your life, maybe physical, maybe in relationships, maybe financially, maybe at work, and you think, why did this happen? And I think there's just something, Dad, about our human nature. When something happens, we want to know why. Yes, but you know, there's a great verse, and and I would encourage those listening to jot this reference down. It's easy to remember. It's in the book of Deuteronomy. It's in chapter 29, and it's in verse 29, and that verse says, the secret things belong to the Lord. Hmm. So there are just things in this life that we do not understand. They're mysteries to us, but one day what has been a mystery to us here will no longer be a mystery to us there. And I guess that's why also we read in in Proverbs chapter 3 in that fifth verse where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding because, you know, there's so many things in life that we just don't understand. The old song says, we'll understand it better by and by. Yeah. You know, John, those verses, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7, I've mentioned so many times when I was in the first grade, my pastor would give you a little Bible if you would memorize some verses that he assigned you to memorize. And he gave different verses to different children. And my motive was wrong because I really just wanted my little Bible. And I can still remember going to him and say, Pastor, I, I want you to give me my verses. And he took a little card out of his pocket and he wrote on that card, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5-7. And I went home and told my mother, the pastor wants me to memorize the whole entire Old Testament. <laughs> and she said, no, that's just three verses. And I learned those three verses as a first grader. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And here comes the hard part. Lean not unto thy own understanding. And John, you know, I've been this thing a long time. But the fact is, sometimes I still try to figure things out and and understand things, and it just doesn't work that way. And uh, we just can't lean on our own understanding. We we just have to trust God and admit, hey, I don't understand it, but God has given me faith and trust, and that's what keeps me going. Well, and I and I would just say to those listening today, you know, 
what we're saying is a lot easier for us to say than it is for any of us to do when we're going through a storm. But I do think what we're saying is certainly true because it's right out of the Bible. And as Christians, we have to learn to trust God with the mysteries of life. And so I would encourage you today who are going through a trial— and something confusing to just say to God, God, I don't understand it. Does it make sense? I don't. I can't even figure out how you would have allowed this into my life. But I choose to trust you with this thing in my life that I don't understand. And you know, John, that is so true. And I think there's a flip side to that: is we need to understand that we will have family members and friends that go through things and they don't understand why, and we have not a clue why. It's a tremendous mistake. It's a horrible mistake to try to explain to people things that we don't have any answers. Instead, we are much better to direct them to the Word of God. And this is why it's so important that we not only read our Bible every day, but we memorize as many Bible verses as we can. You know, John, I love all these Bible translations, and you know I I consult with four or five different translations each week before I preach, knowing that on Sunday— the members have many different translations. Now, when I was a boy growing up, you just had the old King James Bible. That's really all right. you had. And, of course, today I preach from the new King James Bible, which is somewhat like the old King James. But then you have all these different translations. And as, as wonderful as they are, one of my fears is if there be a negative to all these different translations, it's that it almost hinders Bible memorization. Mm-hmm. It, it's just hard to memorize verses if you're reading five or six different translations. And John, I know you have many verses memorized in your mind, and it's amazing how when you may remember them and memorize them when you don't need them, but when you do need them, they're always there. Have you found that to be your experience? I, I have, and I, I think that... Uh, that's exactly what we need to do. We need to to fill our minds with God's Word. And some days we may read the Bible and everything's just going great in our lives. And we think, well, you know, I don't really need anything today. But what we're doing is we're just storing that Word away. And at just the right time, we know that God is going to, you know, cause us to remember and to apply whatever it is that we need to know. And, you know, so I guess as we think about this hurricane, Dad, I don't know. I mean, it's so new and it's just happened and so much loss down here. But I think one of the things that I've been reminded of just in a fresh way is how very temporary life is. I mean, people's houses, I mean, in some parts of Houston, million-dollar homes completely underwater. They're completely ruined. And people have lost cars, and and, and it's just it's the most horrible thing. But looking at this, we're just reminded that this world really is passing away mm. and that uh, nothing down here is going to last forever. And I, I think of something I heard Charles Stanley say one time that I thought was so good. He said, we need to learn to hold things loosely. So many times in life, we'll get a new car, we get a house, we get some money, we get something, and boy, we're just so proud of that, and we hold on to it so tightly. And yet, Dr. Stanley says we should really hold it loosely because it could be taken from us at any moment. In fact, one day it will be taken from us. Those things will. What would you say is a good verse in the Bible about the temporary and transient nature of life? Well, over in the book of James, there's some verses that speak to that very clearly. The Bible says in James chapter 4, beginning with verse 13, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. 
whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? That's one of the great, great questions in the Bible. I'll come back to that in a moment. But James answers that. He says, your life is a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. And, uh, you know, that question, I think it's one of the greatest questions in the Bible. It's in James chapter 4, and it's in verse number number 14. It says, what is your life? You know, I think as we've watched all this devastation from the flood and continue to watch it, that, that is really a great time to ask yourself in an honest way, what, what is my life? And I think if we were really totally honest about that and, and answer that question with this truthful answer as we know, I fear, and John, I fear this for me and your mom and maybe you, I, I can't answer for you, but I fear that too often we'd have to say my life is really things, you know, we, now there's nothing wrong with having things as long as you keep the things in their proper place. But if we're not careful, all of life is about things. I mean, we have so many things, we, we put them in the attic. And that's like the graveyard. When you put <laughs> something in the attic, that's pretty well the end. Not only that, John, as, as I drive around, we see all these storage buildings. Why do you have storage buildings? Well, primarily because people have so many things, they need somewhere to store all these things. Now, that's not 100% true, but it's, it's more true than it's not. And I, I just want to encourage my own self and encourage those listening. You know, this whole deal about things, in fact, the verse says it very well. What is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. And we've watched that as we've watched our televisions, these floodwaters just rushing through homes and all these beautiful things just washed away. I mean, it's like they don't exist anymore. And I don't want my life to be a life that's all about things. I want to be thankful for the things I have, but at the very same time, I, I don't want that to be what the yearning of my soul is. What is your life? I hope my answer would be my life is to be drawn to God, to know him better, to love him more. And uh, I know I'm not 100% there. And in this life, I will never be 100% there. But that can be my goal. That can be all of our goal. And and daily, we can move to that goal. So I think that is is something that uh, really speaks to me because life really is very temporary. Well, it is. And, and I think when we go through something like this, and you think of, I look at, I think about people in California with the fires mm. and then in other parts of the world when there's an earthquake and just how quickly one's life can change and how quickly all the things that a person has worked for and saved for and accumulated all these years can just be taken away just like that. And, you know, as I think about the situation, I think that God, through some of these natural disasters uh, in life, I think God is, is maybe giving us a wake-up call. And I think God is saying to us, because, you know, the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. God speaks to us through nature. God and nature are not the same, but God is in control of nature, and God speaks through nature. And I think, for example, through this recent flood, God is saying to 
everyone, whether we're in Houston or not, he is saying to us, you need to prepare for a greater flood that is to one day come on this earth, and that is the flood of judgment on sin. And just like before this storm, the authorities were telling us shelter in place, Sometimes before a storm, the authorities say, you need to evacuate. You need to get out of town. You need to get to higher ground. You need to get to somewhere safe. And so we, we listen to those authorities, and we, tr- we try to do what they tell us to do. But I think today there's some listening to this program who may not have thought about it from this perspective, but God is speaking to you, and God is saying to you that there is coming a day when all sin will be judged. And maybe you've never been saved. You know, Dad, you mentioned Noah, and you, <laughs> you said this may be the worst flood since, we've, since the days of Noah, and that may be true. But you remember back during Noah's day, God said to Noah, Noah, I'm going to send rain on this earth, and what you need to do is you need to build an ark. And after you've built that ark, you and your wife and your kids and their wives need to get on that boat, on that ark, so they'll be safe. And so Noah built the ark, and everybody thought he was crazy. They ne- it wasn't raining. They, people had probably never even seen rain back then. And then after he finished the ark, God said, Noah, get on board. And so Noah took his family and took all those animals, and they got on that ark. And I'm sure everybody thought, that fella is crazy. Look at him climbing that ark. And they got in the ark, and God closed the door, and everybody thought, what in the world? That man's lost his mind. But not long after that, it began to rain. And then it just kept on raining. And the Bible says for 40 days and 40 nights, it just rained and rained, and it flooded the whole earth. And all those people who thought Noah was crazy, all those people who had refused to get on that ark, they all drowned. They all died. And when the flood was over, the only people living were Noah and his family members. And we know that that ark in the Old Testament is a picture of Jesus Christ. He is our ark of safety. He is the one to whom we flee so that we can be delivered and saved from the judgment of God and on our sins. And so I would just encourage those of you listening today to, to ask yourself this question. Has there ever been a time in your life when you came to Jesus Christ and you asked him to come into your heart to forgive your sins and to make you a Christian? And if you've never done that, I would, I would encourage you, when you look at one of these natural disasters, a fire, a flood, whatever it may be, let that be a wake-up call to you, a reminder to you of what we're talking about, and that is how very temporary and how very passing and fleeting life is. And let God use that to bring you to Jesus Christ. You know, for those of us who have been to Jesus for salvation, the fact is we'll never be judged for our sins because God judged our sins on the cross. When Jesus died on that cross, He took the punishment and the judgment for all of our sins. And so when we come to Him, we are safe. He is our place of safety. And Dad, I think about people today listening to this message, this program, really all over the United States and and even in Canada. What would you say today, or maybe this is a better way, could you just lead them right now, wherever they may be listening, to ask Jesus Christ to come into their heart and to make them a Christian? I'll be glad to. If you're where you can, if you would just pray in your heart, if you're not where you can do this at the moment, I wish I would con- ask you to consider before this day is over. Just pray in a very simple prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner, and I know I need to be saved. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins, to come into my life, 
and to make me a Christian. I trust you to save me. I thank you today. I have settled my eternity. I've settled my salvation. I'm trusting Jesus alone. And in his name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. And, you know, to those of you who prayed that prayer today, we want to just congratulate you and welcome you to the ark, the ark of Jesus, the ark of safety, the ark of salvation. And one thing's for sure, you're going to go through some problems, and all of us will as long as we live on this earth, but you'll never have to go through the great flood of God's judgment because you are safe in Jesus. I would. I want to thank my dad for being with us today. Dad, you've, you've done something extra for us today, and thank you for that. Well, thank you for letting me be with you today. And also, I would encourage our listeners to visit our website at peacebybelieving.org. That's peacebybelieving.org. We have helpful resources there. And we also have a place where you can contact us. Tell us where you're listening from. Tell us how we can pray for you. Thanks for being with us today. Have a great week.